want to speak to you from this thought today, the blind beggar. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn to Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. Mark 10 and verse number 46. The question that we posed to you in the video was, does God still do miracles? And the answer is absolutely yes. He still does the impossible. He still does the miraculous. And throughout this series, we're going to be looking at different miracles in the Bible. God's going to build your faith, and you're going to experience the miraculous in your life. I'm very, very excited about what the Lord's going to do. Mark chapter 10, verse number 46. I'm going to be preaching and dissecting this message, this, this portion of Scripture the entire time. So just keep your Bibles open to Mark 10 and verse 46. The Scripture says, Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. It is awesome to know that our God still does miracles. And what I want to do today is I want us to look at some lessons from a blind beggar. How many of you know that we can learn a few things from this blind man about how to receive from the Lord? So I want to give you five lessons from a blind beggar. If you have your bulletin with you, I encourage you to fill in the blank and take some notes. Point number one is this. The first lesson we learn is don't wait for perfect conditions. Don't wait for perfect conditions. Mark 10 and verse 46 says, Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd. Everybody say large crowd. Come on, say it again like you mean it. Large crowd. Notice this. Together with a large crowd were leaving the city. Let me paint the picture for you. Jesus is walking and leaving a city. A large crowd is following him. You say, Herbert, how many people is that? The scripture doesn't say. But we do know there were times that Jesus ministered to 5,000 people, not counting women and children. And so uh, there were times Jesus would minister to 15, 20,000 people at, at one time. The Bible doesn't give us a number, but it does say a large crowd. It could possibly be, be thousands of people following Jesus on the road. And friends, can I submit to you, this was not an opportune time. For this blind man to call out to Jesus. I mean, what are the odds? What are the chances with a large crowd following Jesus, him sitting on the road? What are the chances and the odds that Jesus would even hear him? I mean, this is not an opportune time. This is not the perfect condition to try to get a hold of Jesus. And, and not only that, I'm going to tell you what it's the perfect condition for. Here this man is sitting on the roadside. He's a blind beggar. There's a large crowd passing by. This is not the time to shout out for Jesus. This is the time to ask for some money. 
there's a lot of people up in here. This is how I pay my bills. This is how I make a living. This is the perfect condition, the perfect environment to receive some money. And yet this blind man teaches us a lesson. Here's the lesson. There's never a wrong time to call out on the Lord. Matter of fact, the right time is right now to call out on Jesus. The crowd was large. They were talking and walking. And yet that blind man teaches us a lesson. Right now is the time to call out on the name of the Lord. Some of you in this place, you're not receiving from the Lord because you're waiting for the perfect conditions. Some of you here, you think, well, I'll call out on the Lord at church one day when they sing my song. We might not ever sing your song. Some of your song is, I'll fly away, and I like I, but we're not singing it, amen. And, so, and you're, you're waiting, you're waiting on the perfect song. You're waiting on the perfect evangelist to come through town and then you'll receive from the Lord. You're waiting for the perfect preacher or pastor to pray for you before you receive from the Lord. You're waiting for the perfect mood and environment. Well, once I feel doodads, then I'll receive from the Lord. You keep thinking, well, once I get myself all together, then I'll receive. And you keep waiting for the perfect conditions. And this blind man, this blind beggar teaches us a lesson. Listen, right now in your current situation is the best time to call out on the name of the Lord. There's a second lesson this blind beggar teaches us about receiving from the Lord. Number two is this. Concentrate on what you have concentrate on what you have. You see, some people never receive, and maybe you're one of those people. They never receive from the Lord because they're so focused on their weakness that they ignore their strengths. And this blind beggar could have spent, he could have spent all of his time complaining about his weakness, about being blind, and ignored the fact that he had some things. He could have been so focused on being blind that he forgot that he could hear. And I'm glad the blind man didn't do that. And Scripture says this about this blind man in the very next verse, verse number 47. It says, when he heard, everybody say he heard. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David. See, it was impossible for him to see. He could not see Jesus because he was blind. But he still could hear. And the Bible says that he heard that it was Jesus. I'm blind, but I can still hear. And not only could he still hear, but he could still talk. Listen, baby, I understand. I've got some weaknesses. I'm blind. I'm disabled. But I can still hear and I can still shout. So he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, I've got to use what I've got. I do realize that I can't get to Jesus. It's a fact. It's impossible. There's a large crowd around him. I'm blind. I can't see. And I could spend all of my energy focused on the fact that I can't see, but I got to use what I've got. I can't get to Jesus, but I need Jesus to get to me. And so he began to use what he had, and he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Here's a lesson you got to learn. Some of you are so focused on what you don't have that you forgot what you do have. And you've got to quit being so focused on what you don't have and begin to use what you do have to get to Jesus. Somebody says, well, Pastor, I can't see, but you can hear. 
I can't hear, but, but, but you can see. Well, Pastor, you don't understand that I, I, my, my body doesn't work real well. Thank God your mind does. So, Pastor, my mind don't work well. Let me pray for you. Amen. <laughs> Say, Pastor, I'm broke, but you can work. Come on, focus on what you, focus on what you got. Well, Pastor, I can't shout. My voice doesn't work well. Well, you might not be able to shout to get to Jesus, but maybe you can lift a hand. I just wave it at Jesus. Lord, you know it's me. Huh? You can't shout. You can't lift a hand. Your body doesn't work real well. That's all right. Maybe move your toe a little bit. Lord, it's me. It's me. I got to use what I, listen, use what you got to get. I'm blind, but I can see. I can shout, and I'm going to use what I got to get to Jesus. You got to concentrate. I'm not going to teach today. I'm going to preach today. Amen. Five lessons from a blind man. Number one, don't wait for perfect conditions. Number two, concentrate on what you have. Number three, this is very important. Number three, don't be swayed by public opinion. Don't be swayed by public opinion. Notice the very next verse, Mark 10, verse number 48. It says, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd told the blind beggar to hush up, to be quiet. It don't take all that. (laughs) And yet the blind beggar, to receive a miracle, this blind beggar had to overcome the crowd. He had to overcome people. And just like this blind beggar, for some of you to receive from the Lord you got to learn to overcome people. You have to learn how to turn a deaf ear to the naysayers. Matter of fact, if you don't learn how to overcome people, some of you are going to never receive from the Lord. I mean, just think about blind Bartimaeus. If he, wouldn't have, if he wouldn't have overcome the crowd, if he would have listened to the people, chances are a high probability that he would have went to his grave still blind. If he would have heard the crowd, hush up, hold your peace. Be quiet. He would have missed out on receiving from the Lord. What I want to do for these next few moments is I want to give you three types of people you must overcome. You want to receive a miracle from the Lord? Three types of people right here in this portion of Scripture that you must learn to overcome. Number one is this. You have to overcome faith suckers. Faith suckers. Friends, when you're believing God for a miracle, there are some people who will suck the faith right out of you. They're like a leech. They're like a pick. They'll suck the faith right out of you. This bottle of water represents you. This is your body. This is your body on steroids. That's just a joke. Okay, that's just not even funny, is it? But anyways, this is your body. And you know what oftentimes happens? Faith suckers suck the faith right out of you. You know what I'm talking about. Well, you've been, you've been sick your whole life. Suck it right out of you. Your marriage has been bad for years. What makes you think you're going to get anything from the Lord? Your kids been hellions forever. I mean, what makes you think your kids are going to ever serve? 
you don't have two nickels to rub together. What you believe in the Lord for? The Lord's going to use you. <laughs> and they'll suck. Here you are believing God. And they're sucking the faith right out of you. And how many know there's some saints and there's some people that mean real well? I mean, they mean well, but they still suck the faith out of you. Oh, baby. Oh, precious. Oh, sweetie. You believe in the Lord. Oh, just go, don't go to church all that faith. Just go to church and have a good time and hear a good message. I've been sick all my life's time. I still go to church. What you believe? And they mean well. And yet here you are needing a miracle from God. And there are certain people that can suck the faith right out of you. You got to learn to overcome faith suckers as they're telling him to be quiet and hush up, sucking the faith right out of him. He had to overcome faith suckers. There, there's, a, there's a second type of people you must overcome. Number two is this. You have to overcome faith intimidators. Faith intimidator. Listen, there are certain people who can intimidate you when you're believing God for a miracle. Just think about this blind man. He's sitting on the road and you got to get into his world. He's blind. He can't see. He's a beggar. And he begins to shout out to Jesus. And the Bible says the people, they begin to gather around him. Many begin to rebuke him. Can I tell you that's intimidating? When you can't see and a bunch of people come gather around you and tell you to hush up and to be quiet? I mean, no doubt that is intimidating. And, and not only that, let me tell you what else is intimidating for this blind man. He is making mad. He is upsetting the very people who pay his bills. If I keep shouting, I might not get any money tomorrow. If I keep shouting, they, they may get really mad and, and not support me anymore. I won't be able to feed myself and take care of myself. This is how I make a living as a blind. And they're telling me to be quiet. It can be very intimidating when you're believing God for the impossible and everybody else around you is against you. It can be very intimidating when you're the only one in your house believing God for a miracle. Everybody else is just laughing at you. It can be very intimidating when you're the only one at your workplace believing God to show up and everybody else is against you. It can be very difficult when you're the only one in your church believing God for a miracle and God's going to do something awesome and everybody else is just against you. And this blind man had to overcome faith intimidators. Hush up. Be quiet. There's a, a third type of people you must overcome, overcome faith suckers, overcome faith intimidators. Number three is this, overcome faith mockers. Faith mockers. Hear me today. There are people who can make you feel embarrassed and ashamed because you'll believe in the Lord for something. You just think about this. This blind man is shouting and nothing's happening. <laughs> The people come over, would you be quiet? You've been shouting here for five minutes. Nothing's happened. Would you? Hey, Jesus is busy. Would you? And they can make you feel silly and goofy because you're believing God for the impossible. Let me tell you something about faith. Faith will make you look silly sometimes. Faith can make you look stupid sometimes because faith is you believe in God for something that hasn't happened yet. 
And here you are shouting and believing God. Nobody else can see what you see. I see myself healed. I see my eyes open and it hasn't happened yet, but I believe that the Lord is able and everybody else there, they're laughing at you. They think it's funny because you believe in God for something and it hadn't happened yet. Faith can make you look awfully, awfully goofy. I mean, just think about Noah. God tells Noah it's going to rain. There's going to be a flood. He's going to flood the earth. And so big boy Noah goes out and builds a boat. I mean, a big one. Can you imagine Noah every day building that ark? Noah, what you doing? I'm building an ark. God's going to flood the earth. <laughs> Noah lost his mind. Faith makes you look crazy. Abraham and Sarah, we're going to have a baby at 100 years old. I don't know if they had a reefer back then, but uh, I think Abraham and Sarah's on some of that reefer. I mean, they, her womb been buried. They talk about they're going to have a baby at a <laughs> Abraham and Sarah. Make it look crazy. How the children of Israel, they tell Jericho as they're screaming at them on the walls, they tell the people of Jericho, we're going to march around the city for seven days, and the seventh day going to march around seven times, we're going to shout and the walls go fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Sure they will. And faith can make you look awfully silly. But here's what I love about this blind man. As he was shouting on the roadside and people are making him look goofy, making him be, feel stupid, telling him to be quiet, to hush up. You know what the Bible says? That he shouted all the more. You're not going to silence me. I may be the only one shouting. I may be the only one that believes. I may look goofy, but I'm going to continue to shout. Shout. I'm going to continue to but listen. I'm talking to somebody. You look goofy. People are intimidating you. They're telling you what you're believing for is silly. Come on, keep on praying. Come on, keep on believing God. Stay in His Word. Don't you stop now. They're laughing at you. You got to keep coming to church. You got to keep standing on the Word. You got to keep fasting. Your baby's never going to be saying, I'm standing on His Word. I, I'm believing Him to do the impossible. And they're laughing, but you keep pressing on. Say, Pastor, why in the world would I keep believing? I'm shouting, my eyes haven't opened. Why would I keep praying? Why would I keep fasting? Why would I stay in church? Why would I continue to stand on the Word of God? Why, why would I continue to pray? That leads me to point number four. Number four is this. Jesus hears the cries of desperate people. He hears the cries of desperate people. That next verse, Mark 10, and verse number 49 says, Jesus stopped. And said, call him. I love this. Let me paint the picture. This blind man is walking or is sitting on the roadside begging. Jesus is walking by with a large crowd. More than likely thousands of people following Jesus. And there's no doubt as this crowd is walking and they're talking. There's a lot of hustle and bustle going on in this large crowd. And they're having dialogue, conversation. Hey, man, how long have you been following Jesus? All three days now. Really? What? What have you seen him do? Oh, man, just yesterday, unstopped a deaf man's ear. I mean, he's something else. Just, just the other day, I was with you. Just, let me tell you how I started following Jesus. I was out there, and we were in the middle of a field, about 15,000 of us. You won't believe Jesus took two fish and fed us all. <laughs> And they're talking, there's rejoicing, we're following the Messiah, they're singing. I mean, Jesus is a celebrity in his day. He's a miracle worker, he's casting out demons, he's seeing people healed, and they're excited to follow the Messiah. There's no doubt people screaming, shout, hey Jesus, hey man, can I get an autograph? Hey, hold up Jesus, let me get next to you. And they're excited, and they're excited following Jesus. 
and there's a blind man sitting on the roadside. All the noise, all the hustle and bustle, all the talking, and he begins to shout. And the very interesting thing, the very astonishing thing, is with all the noise, with all the ruckus, with all the talking, Jesus heard the cry of one desperate, blind beggar. And not only did he hear him, but the Bible says that one blind beggar who was desperate and calling out to Jesus that the Son of God, the Messiah, the one who left heaven and came to earth, the Bible says one blind beggar stopped Jesus in his tracks. I'm here to tell somebody, Jesus, here's your cries. He sees the tears in the midnight hour. He sees your faith. Don't you, don't you doubt it one bit. You've been screaming and you don't, haven't seen anything happen yet. But Jesus hears the cries of desperate people. And he stopped. And the Bible said he called him. And notice what the scripture goes on to say in Mark chapter 10 and verse number 49. The scripture says they called to the blind man. Isn't it amazing that the people were, who were against him a moment ago are now with him? Now they're calling him. Come on, Bubba. Come on, boy. They say, cheer up. Well, I wouldn't be sad if y'all wouldn't have been messing with me. <laughs> I don't have time to unpack that, but, but just notice that. People that were against him, now they're from, he got Jesus. They're for him. On your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Throwing his cloak aside. There are some that have said this cloak was something that the government issued out to people who were halt, withered, lame, and they would wear this cloak, and people who would see them would know this is a real beggar, not a con artist, and they would know that this is a real person, beggar, who makes a living this way, and they would see that garment and give him some money. Some commentaries, as, as you study the commentaries, say that this, this garment was a very valuable piece to this blind beggar. And we could all understand that he's blind, he's a beggar, he's poor, he doesn't have much, and this is a very valuable piece of cloth to him. And he would use this cloth when the sun was coming. Commentaries say he's sitting outside in the heat making a living and cover his head up with the only garment that he has. As the rain would beat down and he had to stay out all day to make a living, he would use it to keep the rain off of his head. I don't know all that that garment stands for, but I do know that the writer thought it was important enough to bring to our attention that it was so valuable to him that the, that the writer wants us to know that he threw his cloak aside. This blind man wasn't going to let anything get between him and the Lord. For some of you to receive from the Lord, you've got to throw some things aside. Some of you, it's pride. God wants to do a miracle in your life, but, but you keep covering it up because you don't want anybody to know that you're sick in your body. You don't want anybody to pry. You don't want anybody to know that things are not doing very well at home. You don't want anybody to know that, that financially you're, you're not doing very well. You don't want anybody to know that there's an addiction that you've been struggling with for years. And, and you try to cover it up and you try to hot cut pride. You've got to throw aside your pride. So you can receive from the Lord. For some of you, it's fear. 
and you have a fear in your, your life, and there, there's a fear, you, you want something from the Lord, but there, there's a fear of, peop, of people, and, and at the end of this experience, our prayer team's going to be down front. I'm going to ask you if you have a need in your life to come and receive prayer, and some of you fear will paralyze you, and you won't come. Well, what are they going to think about me? They might think, I don't know the Lord. They might think i got some big problems. Who cares what they think? You're trying to get a hold of Jesus, and you've got to learn to take the cloak and throw it aside and say the most important thing to me is getting to Jesus. The Scripture goes on to say in verse 51, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. I want you to notice that this desperate man, he was specific about what he needed from the Lord. Jesus said, what do you want from me? The, the, the blind man didn't say, Lord, it's whatever you want to do, Lord. Well, here's a tic-tac, boy. I don't want a tic-tac. I want a healing. I want to see. Listen, you need to be specific. Tell the Lord what you need. You need your babies to come back home. Tell the Lord what you need. You need a miracle in your body. Tell the Lord what you need. You need provision for your family. Tell the Lord what you need. You need your mind to have peace and stability. Tell the Lord what you need. He was specific about what he needed, and that leads me to my last point, point number five. The fifth lesson that we learn from this blind beggar is this, number five, that the greatest miracle is being a follower of Christ. The greatest miracle is being a follower of Christ. Notice this in Mark chapter 10, that last verse, verse 52. It says, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. His eyes were now open. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This blind man understood that receiving a healing in his eyes was not the most important thing. This blind man understood the most important thing is following Jesus. And this blind man received a very real miracle in his eyes. But the most important thing was this blind man became a follower of Jesus Christ. And some of you are here and there are needs across this building and they're real. Physically, financially, relationally, mentally. But can I tell you the most important miracle is that you would make the decision today to become a follower of Jesus Christ. Some of you hear me, you've been chasing after a lot of things. Chasing after things in this world. Riches, and fame, and power. And you've been chasing, chasing. And you're missing it. The most important thing is that you'd follow Jesus. Some of you are, are scared now. The economy and election, the housing market, and, and you're so off focus and you, you're off focus and you've got your focus on everything else and, and you've lost sight that the most important thing is that you follow Jesus. And you're here today and you didn't make that decision to follow the Lord. And some of you are going to give your heart to Christ today. And let me tell you, tomorrow morning, Monday morning, you got to make another decision. Today I'm going to follow Jesus. And Tuesday morning, there'll be obstacles in the way, and you need to make up your mind. The most important thing is I'm going to follow Jesus. Next Saturday night, you won't get to fall back and get an extra hour of sleep. Sunday morning's going to come, and you're going to have every excuse in the world not to be in church. But you need to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm throwing everything else aside. And he's the most important thing in my life. This blind man teaches us a lesson.
the most important miracle is not the eyesight. It's that I would follow Jesus with my entire life. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for your word.